0: Well, here we are on Finnmark Sauna, the Sauna Twins of Finnmark Sauna's inaugural podcast. Um, we are very, very lucky to have Dr. Lassie Lickinen, um of saunalogia.fi um, with us today. Uh, so uh, without ruining too much of the, the story, um, uh Al as you're as you're known um uh, runs a blog which specializes in um trying to understand how to build the perfect sauna um so tell us a little bit about how you started saunalogia.fi and what it's about and um, um what people might expect if they were to go on there
1: all right um thank you for the invitation i'm happy to be here um yeah so i said i started the saunalogia.fi uh back in 2016 in february uh i was at the time being i was in the middle of a process of uh, constructing my own um outdoor sauna cabin um which would basically um would be a kind of extension to my existing ex- existing like um summer home or kind of a, a villa Outside. Um, so I'm, I'm basically based in uh, Helsinki, Finland. Um, Finland is the uh, kind of ultimate mecca of the sauna culture, yes. or at least all the Finnish people like to think so. And I had quite recently, before that, acquired um, kind of um, with our family, we bought a new uh, cabin. Uh, which was equipped uh, with a sauna, though, but it, the sauna wasn't quite much to our liking. In fact, it was kind of um, very bad, in our, our opinion. And I thus decided that, uh, okay, we could probably do some better uh, with the sauna. And um, then, um, somewhere in late 2015, started designing how to create a new uh, one and a better sauna. Uh, well, I've been personally. Uh, uh, using internet since well, for more than 20 years now, and uh, whatever I'm kind of interested in, the first thing to do is to uh, fire up Google and go look for information, uh, whatever is the topic, and trying to follow this uh, paradigm back in 2015. Uh, I tried to find some information about, well, how do you go about designing this kind of perfect finished sauna? Because I know that by my own experience, there were a lot of very bad examples of the finished sauna around, and I just happened to buy one of those now. (laughs) So um, I definitely not want to kind of repeat those same uh, mistakes that uh, the previous designers had done. And um, yeah, well, using Google, I found some information, didn't quite like what I found. Um, Then I kind of decided that, shit, I have to build a sauna anyway, so uh, why not make this kind of a documentation project? Because uh, doing this kind of documentation about design and uh, how to do stuff was somewhat kind of natural for me. My background is, um, I have like, I did a doctorate degree uh, in engineering and uh, currently I have still like a relationship with the Finnish Aalto University. Uh, in the human-centered design, being a junk professor over there. Um, so I've I'm, I'm kind of been, for quite a long time, been interested about what sort of um, aspects make up for good user experience mm-hmm. and good usability, how, how do good products look like, feel like. So I thought that it would be kind of an interesting expedition to figure out but what really makes up for a good finished sauna, and um, I'm, I was kind of very convinced at the time being that uh, it shouldn't be that difficult to find the mm-hmm. answer, just ask, ask the experts. Well, then I started doing both the design for the sauna um, in early 2016, and then also started documenting the things that I found, Um, well, there was hardly anything to be found online at that time really, Um, but uh, I then started digging up literature, Uh, I thought I would would make some sort of like uh, expert interviews, which are always the kind of easiest way to get to know things. Um, how unfortunately it turned out that um, uh, doing the expert interviews was really not that easy. The first interview I did was with, with this guy uh, uh, called Rista Walla. Um he's kind of a living legend inside Finland uh, for his uh, long extensive work on smoke saunas and their architecture but um, he was kind of, um, I mean he, he was expert on the smoke sauna thing but um, he couldn't really provide the answers I was looking for. Mm. Or, um, he provided few answers and left a lot of Things still unsettled, so I started looking for further experts, but the thing was that I soon found out that most of the people who'd been, um, for instance, contributing, we have uh, in the Finnish language, there's been a quite a steady stream of books about saunas and sauna culture, sauna design from 1950s. Mm-hmm. But the people who had kind of uh, most recently authored books about the Finnish sauna had all deceased within the past ten years or yeah. so. So we had like people like Erke, Professor Erki Helama, Pekka tommila who who'd written several books both about the sauna, sauna stove, and things like that. But they unfortunately had all kind of. Um, um, past, quite recently, so it was impossible to find this kind of expert. So uh, this basically meant that um, I had to kind of complete my own journey uh, about uh, kind of finishing up the designs for my personal sauna, and then kind of continue um, kind of digging up details about the finished sauna design along the way. And I think I already, back in 2016, I had this kind of vision that I would um, use this uh, blog type of uh, publication, SaunaLokia.fi as an outlet to create this kind of electronic book about mm. how you design a finished sauna. Um, I think it's
0: an interesting challenge. I mean, something we certainly faced um, with uh, with Finmark Sauna was that um, there's such a huge amount of misinformation out there online, um, not least in um, what makes a proper Finnish sauna. So I've, I've read things online um, where people have said oh a Finnish sauna is really really hot and really really dry Um, and you know actually a lot of traditional Finnish saunas might be very very humid and certainly it depends on the user as to how they use it Um, typically I found that um uh when uh, female groups go to the sauna together in finland they have the temperature a little bit lower but with a lot more steam and then guys might go a bit later when it's a bit hotter um but it, it, you're completely right there's a, it, it's refreshing for us to see somebody taking a scientific approach to analyzing a number of different um uh traditional uh viewpoints like um i don't think there's one finn in finland that i've met that agrees on what is the way to build a sauna everyone has like a slightly different approach um i don't know whether it's like um uh you know my my grandma makes the best cake kind of thing you know that my grandfather he built a, a log sauna in, in in the in the woods and it's the perfect sauna steam the perfect lolu, and um uh, and so everybody has a slightly different view of what makes it perfect, but what's, I mean, uh, you'll tell us a little bit more about this, but what makes your blog really interesting is that you actually use a r- rigorous scientific method to, to a lot of the aspects
1: um, of, of what makes a good sauna. At least I try as far as possible and um you're right in, in saying that I think if you go ask any Finnish person that what is their favorite or the best sauna they've ever been to, they usually nominate their own sauna. <laughs> at least that's also also what I do, but um I think we're guilty of that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um but of course there's um I mean if you, if we look at the things uh from the Finnish perspective, because um you have to kind of acknowledge that in, in Finland, which is a country of about like five and a half million people or almost uh three million saunas. Um, we can find quite a big variety of mm-hmm. saunas but then again we have some sort of like a shared very like deep cultural understanding that what the Finnish sauna is all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of the central elements that go into Finnish sauna I think in my opinion is that uh, when you go to a Finnish sauna you expect to find a place which has benches, which has a visible stove, which has visible stones. Uh, there's a ladle and pail which um, enable this kind of sauna democracy to happen. So that basically, um, at least in theory, any, any, anyone's entitled to uh, pick up the um, ladle and uh, throw some water on the stones. It's of course considered um, in kind of public sauna settings polite to ask uh, everyone else in the sauna if it's okay uh, to throw in more water on the stoves uh, on the stove because, uh, of course, that, that will kind of increase the feeling of heat and um some people might not want that at that particular mm-hmm. yeah. moment or at all that was, all. So, that was so, something i really really uh admired um
2: uh, last time i was in in finland uh was in the finnish sauna society i hadn't come across this um this kind of uh sauna culture before this um etiquette but um uh we were being guided by um uh he refers to himself as the sauna sherpa but his name's chemo um and uh he told us that you know, as, as you leave the room as well, you must turn and ask, the, "Does anyone want any more Lulu before I leave?" Because obviously, as you open the door, it releases a lot of heat. So it's quite um, uh, a, a complex, deep um, uh, ritualistic as, aspect of, of sauna that is obviously so, obviously so uh, ingrained and second nature to to the Finnish public.
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's interesting. And although I have to say that in Finland, the uh, preservation of the sauna etiquette has been... Uh quite exclusively uh, constrained to this uh, like the Finnish Sauna Society okay. uh, which have has their kind of own own uh, sauna facilities which of course make it easier to um, create your own culture there. Okay, right. um, because in overall we have um, given so many public saunas all around the place in Finland uh, and also uh, the great number of uh, private saunas that basically enables us to uh, kind of uh, spend most of their sauna time in private which means that you don't really have to Kind of, there's no need to have this kind of a uh, shared code, and therefore a lot of people never kind of exposed to this type of sauna etiquette that you have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in this kind of um, uh, high society yeah. sauna. It's a shame because I, I really
2: enjoyed it. I thought it was um, uh, a heightened uh, sense of community. Uh, so there's the you know these uh, Finnish men that I've never met before uh, we were all completely nude, um, and uh, then all of a sudden out you, you know from that comes conversation with someone who I, I would have just ignored at any other uh public sauna um because uh w- w- we had to interact because as you say it was the code um and I, I thought i thought that was really really nice aspect i've heard people liken um
0: the Finnish sauna experience to um the great leveler, you know, like you could Mm. be sat next to a judge and a policeman and an army officer and a politician. And you wouldn't know because there's nothing that you can wear that differentiates yourself from everybody else. Um, and politically speaking, there's obviously, I mean, you'll probably be able to clarify this story, but, um, um, you know, people talking about, uh, doing business in the sauna and politics in the sauna that, um, there's also something to be said for, um, if you're, Um, somewhere that's really hot and humid and you're in a good place, but you're, um, um, sort of, um, going through an experience which requires some endurance. And it's very difficult for you to be flowery with your words or potentially tell some kind of long-winded story, much like I am now. Puts its time Um, pressure. (laughs) Yeah. You kind of have to say it in the most brass tacks, like direct way that you can.
1: So, um, yeah, I don't know um, what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think, um, first of all, I mean, Finland and few of its uh, former leaders uh, have been known for this kind of sound of diplomacy, mm. uh, particularly the president, uh, very long-term president, uh, Urho Kekkonen, uh, who was in office for way too long. <laughs> um, he was uh, very well uh, known for the fact that he had this kind of, uh, he had like several, um, what you'd call, we had this, you'd call it something like um, luxury sauna or like a sauna for uh, VIPs uh, quite close to the center of Helsinki where he used to take in international guests and uh, including, for instance, the uh, of the uh, old Soviet um, heads of state like Nikita Rutschev. and uh, apparently also he managed to actually sell a sauna stove to him. The I- <laughs> wow. Kiyos. one of the Idokiwas, uh, first deliveries went to Nikita.
0: I should clarify <laughs> that the uh, Idokiwas is like um, uh, 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 the ITO meaning genuine and Kiwas meaning stove, so genuine sauna stove, um, and it comes from. The the old more traditional sauna uh, setups. It looks like um, um, it looks like a enameled black barrel um, to anybody who's not seen these before. And what they lack in um, beauty, they very much make up for in the experience, the
1: steam or or the lolu of mm. the the sauna. Well, you'd say that they have a pretty classic design because the stove was designed somewhere in like late 1940s and it first appeared in something like 1952 around Finnish Olympics in Helsinki. Um, But yeah, coming back to this leveling aspect, I think um, then again, the the kind of how this uh, President Kekkonen used the sauna was not necessarily the idea was not that it was necessary that equalizing I mean he was very well known for his preference for extremely hot and uh <laughs> hot sauna experiences, so he basically also was probably kind of sh- a little bit showing off his it was very strategic uh, there. yeah so um there's you can actually find still online a video clips from like uh late seventies where he's uh he basically kind of uh this is saying like like uh putting everyone else out of the sauna uh for putting that much um water on stove and then he remains there uh, whisking himself and uh, <laughs> saying that now the proper sauna starts <laughs> uh, when everyone else has been forced to leave yeah uh, but I think well, that's actually um, yeah. This uh, so to some extent this works, but I think nowadays the, uh, the kind of importance of sauna in Finnish business making has maybe reduced for, and there are a few a few reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them probably being the fact that um, first of all um, people have unfortunately maybe a little less time. To do this kind of activities, although people do golf, so I'm sure uh, yeah. that kind of makes sense. Um, but th- w- maybe the more important so, reason is that um, we still in Finland have very kind of uh, clear uh, sex segregation mm-hmm. in saunas. Yeah. And that's the amount of uh, women in um, business. Uh, politics and business has in- been increasing uh, it doesn't kind of work yeah. anyway anymore in the same way when, uh, like back in the days when the, uh, the guys were making all the decisions and yes. doing all the business. So, so it's, it's, um, these kind of uh, movements have been going on. Um, but I think, uh, as I mentioned, I um, mentioned the President Kekkonen, I think um, the President Kekkonen is, uh, it is a good example of all, all kind of the basic things that you are uh, ex- expecting in the Finnish sauna or what kind of, I, I think, kind of defined the Finnish sauna. We actually went this, um, we, there's actually a, like a photo um, or a picture from uh, the sauna logia yeah, website, um, which we could uh, pull yeah, up with. Yeah, can we get that up? Cheers. Uh, as kind of a good reference to uh, things that kind of identify oh, the Finnish sauna. There we go. Um, so here's a here's kind of a very basic illustration of the kind of main elements that you expect to see when we're talking about Finnish sauna. Um, I said there are benches, um, there are stones, there is stove, and and there is steam. The steam is the kind of essence of the Finnish sauna uh, experience, really. Which said, is the lolu The lolu yeah, yeah. Um, yeah lolu, uh, which is generated by pouring some water on the hot stones. Yeah. And for those of you who've only read <coughs> this
0: word before, it's um, l o with an umlaut y l y. So if you were to read it you, as an english person you might call it loily,
1: um but it's pronounced lolu is that right Am i yeah lolu yeah that's how you're supposed to say it um i'm not, i'm not personally that kind of particular whether how you want to pronounce this uh, sauna or lolu um, as long as you uh, are able to uh, enjoy the experience, yeah, you sure. get out of it, uh, regardless of how you, um, how you say things. But I think this is the kind of essence, uh, if, you, if you kind of compare the different kind of sounds around the world and uh, people's perceptions of sauna, um, uh, the kind of uh, possibility to create the steam, make lulu happen is the kind of important thing about the Finnish sauna. Uh, this this means that we can, for instance, hide away the stove, uh, which would make it impossible mm, uh, yeah. to create Lulu. Uh, we can't hide away. Uh, we can't prevent people from having their uh, the pail and ladle in order to create the steam. Uh, it's supposed to be that everyone can do that. It's not in Finnish culture. It's not reserved to the uh, any kind of sauna meister or maester uh, who's supposed to take care of it. everyone. Everyone takes care of it. Yeah, I should clarify as well. in, in Germany, they have these
0: sauna meister... Rituals where, um, or, or sauna master where um, almost uh, typically German at uh, at time time intervals. So every half an hour in a different sauna in an establishment, there will be a guy who comes in who pours water on, and they often use sauna scents. So, you know, they might say, oh, today's uh, sauna has watermelon uh, scent in it. And then they use like uh, towels or these big fans to fan heat and steam over. Um, And it's also a bit of an endurance thing as well, I think, because once everybody's in there, they all feel like, okay, I have to sit this out. And, you know, I'm a frequent sauna user. And I've been in a few of these where like I'm sitting there going... I really got to get out of here, but I can't be the one to leave. And then there's all these like people like, uh, particularly if you go in there and you go and sit on the top bench, if it's one of these big German saunas where they got like four tiers of benching, go and sit right on the top bench. Like, yeah, I do this all the time. And then just there with this big fan, like blowing hot air at you. And, um, if, uh, anybody's ever like blown gently on somebody in the sauna, they'll know that it's it just makes it insanely hot. So, um, using a big fan or a towel um, will make it really hot for you. And they do things like, um, you know, they might give you some honey to rub on your skin or some fruit to eat.
1: Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, funny stuff that goes in, in, in the um, Central European thing. Um, yeah. I think in in Finland, um, partially due to the fact that we've got so a lot of like uh, private saunas. Uh, The uh, Finnish sauna culture and sauna habits have um, developed into, um, I'd say, like uh, relatively um, uh, moderate or kind of easy decision uh, or or easy um, direction in a way that... uh, uh, I've recently been writing a book which is supposed to be coming out very soon in Finland. We um, in have which, it here? Yeah, there's, a, there's some, something, something on display already in advance. Um, and in, in which I'm basically like calling that the uh, Lulu is like the um, obedient servant of the Finnish sauna goer. Um, in a way that we basically expect that it does its works and we just kind of sit sit around and wait yes. for things to happen and we well in the worst case we might be be able be able to require to um uh, uh do the um uh, pouring of the water but that's all and then we just kind of sit and enjoy the results mm-hmm. whereas as, as you've described um things happen in other like big places where the, where there's uh, where there are salons like in Germany or mm-hmm. in Russia uh, people um, behave with the load a little bit differently.
2: Yeah. So, bringing it back to um, uh, the sauna log um page just here that we've got up, the uh, benches are a critical aspect of you know the the sauna design. What makes a uh, um, the finished sauna? And I'm just wondering whether you can talk us through the you know um, the, the really critical points in bench
1: configuration or design, which is important for the experience in the sauna. Certainly. I think uh, we can think about the benches, we can think about the kind of old history of the Finnish sauna design because the Finnish sauna has been around for more, uh, for longer in history that anyone can recall. Mm. Um, I think that some people argue it's been about since the Neolithic with like
0: sweat lodge tents or, um, you know, particularly when you look at cultures like the Sámi,
1: Migratory herds. Well, yeah. Well, actually, the Sami people haven't uh, the kind of Nordic uh, tribes haven't really be using the sauna at all. That's that's kind of interesting. But uh, the Finland has been kind of intersection of the uh, east and west. Mm-hmm. And particularly, people mostly expect that the uh, kind of um, the first origins of the sauna culture has, have arrived from um, from the Russian
2: okay.
1: uh, direction from the east. Uh, so, anyhow, it kind of goes uh, like the history of the word itself. The sauna uh, goes back about at least one thousand, maybe two thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, one of the kind of important uh, things about the Finnish sauna construction. Um, How far in the past, and you look, uh, is to understand the kind of basic principles of physics that govern how the sounds work. And there we have. You you can kind of, if you kind of imagine the most, um, uh, most simple kind of sound I'm possible is that would be uh, some sort of like if you set up a fireplace, um, just throw up a pile of wood and start burning it. Uh, When to um, put some stones in it, uh, and the final stage is to heat up the stones, and then you kind of build some kind of tent around it um that's basically uh all we might classify as some sort of like um, nomadic um, uh, makeshift sauna uh The important thing is that you get some sort of like a cover around the this heater thing uh, the stove or the pile of rocks and um uh, one thing that you everyone kind of immediately understands is that uh, the heat um, is always kind of going upwards. Uh, the heat and humidity rise um, above the kind of colder um, uh, air. And therefore, um, if you kind of create this kind of in- uh, specific enclosed space like the sauna room, Uh, What you're going to need is that you want to elevate people uh, as close as possible to the ceiling because uh, the ceiling is the place where all the heat is. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you can achieve uh, pretty much equal temperature in the the room from the ceiling to the uh, floor, but that takes quite a long time. So if you are are kind of doing this um, uh, relatively short-lived sauna experience, uh, you might want to make sure that everyone uh, has quite a good um, reach to the highest part of the mm-hmm. space that is being heated up. So and therefore, you need the benches. On your diagram here, um,
0: is it erroneous that you've put a, uh, a pitched roof there? Because
1: uh, yeah, yeah, that's actually uh, that's a, or, or that's kind of a, like a bad illustration from my part. <laughs> I actually had the, uh, sorry. On, yeah, on, on the website you'll find another article uh, about the sauna roofs. Yeah. Uh, which basically shows you how, how you're supposed to do that. And actually, that kind of model like we have, that pitched roof, is, is mentioned as one of the bad examples of yeah. how, mm-hmm. how you're supposed to do that. Um, in principle, it, that can also work out, if, particularly if, it's not that, uh, if the angle is not uh, like, <laughs> really if, if it's like this. Yeah. And actually, the very good model uh, for sauna roof is uh, if you kind of build this kind of rounded uh, dome shape, Okay, uh, because um one of the actions in the finished sauna uh, that roof uh, in a roof has is that it kind of guides the steam to mm-hmm. go around, so actually you get the best possible experience if you have like absolutely rounded shape, uh, which uh, that it allows the, uh, the steam to kind of mix and move mm-hmm. around yeah, yeah. very freely. So that would be the kind of ideal. Uh, I didn't know that sauna shape. Yeah. yeah. Of course it's it's kind of difficult to achieve um uh, with wooden construction much yeah. easier yeah. if you do like um concrete or um something else, but mm-hmm. um you can kind of approximate it and it's not really kind of the difference is not that bad, but I think in wooden construction the kind of traditional very good model is where you have like two folded uh format. We can we yeah. can at some point have a have a look at it from uh, from from the website yeah. as well, but um, yeah. So if we kind of uh, think about the kind of important things about the sauna, um, in my um, uh, book, I've basically uh, divided the uh, kind of essence of the Finnish sauna design into uh, four different uh, sections, mm-hmm. and um, like these sections are the heat, uh, air quality, um, uh, sauna room structures, and then the uh, fourth one is the sauna culture and habits, and. Uh, I think the uh, the heat is really the kind of essence of the sound. I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's pretty really something that everyone gets. Yes. And you need to have the heat. Uh, like but the um, engine
0: of the <clears throat> sound. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I also like the kind of um, metaphor of uh, talking about the and sound of stove as the engine yeah. mm. of the uh, sauna, and then the sound of stove as kind of uh, engine oil. Okay. Well, we could actually pull up another uh, picture. There's um, I've got a pretty good collection of different type of um, sound related imagery on Pinterest. Uh, here's a pinterest board uh which should be actually this is lacking the english title i should probably uh, tweak it a little bit it's supposed to be like the finished sauna stoves okay basically here we have a pretty good collection of uh different kind of um, photos that illustrate uh the variety of sauna stoves that we have on market in finland you can freely scroll it, uh, downwards um we have a lot of different kind of varieties on the market nowadays and um So, the sound stove is something that has been commercialized in Finland in the 1950s, and uh, we still have on the market more than 20 different uh, companies, almost 30 brands of stoves. So, you can find uh, all kinds of designs, and uh, overall, I think um, customers in Finland and around the world have really uh, benefited hugely uh, from the kind of um, some design efforts that people have been putting into making the um, um, stoves uh, look a little bit more modern, at least on the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I said, the sauna stove, um, it has several uh, important properties in order to kind of uh, be functional within space. Uh, I think the most important of them all is that it has to be um, Appropriately, uh, appropriately effective uh, in terms of the um, heat power output. Mm-hmm. So, you basically need to match uh, the size of the room uh, with the size of the stove um, and power of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of things that kind of influence this, but um, any kind of... Um, any kind of... Uh, um, Retailer who understands anything about the stoves should get this thing right. That's mm. that's kind of easy part part of the math. Yeah, but that's actually not enough. As you as we can see that um, all the finished stoves have. All, well, actually, some of the stoves like in like, like we're still looking here. Few of the stoves which have this kind of a uh, uh, concealed um, uh, space for stones, you don't actually see the stones, but they still exist inside this, um in the side stove. So the three examples you got there was the steam, steam ready, ready,
2: the steam master, and, and there's the also Ico an Kiwas. ito kios
1: in the middle there, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So these are the kind of uh, there are like a lot of variations of how um, you can kind of. um, um have this stone mass and the stone mass is kind of important uh when we remember we remember that uh, one of the important uh, qualities of the finnish sauna is the ability to uh, create uh mm-hmm. yeah. and you can't really create lolu unless you have like some um hot um surface and hot uh, and kind of um stored heat which can um be used to evaporate uh, water. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically uh, we have like inside these stoves, we have few basic uh, variations. Um, uh, some of the variations are uh, like we have, uh, like the most common uh, variations of stones nowadays in Finland are such that uh, they are so-called continuously heated, which basically means that if it's electric heaters or which are uh, plugged into the electricity network, you uh, turn the heater on and you keep it on as long as you use the sauna or if it's uh, wood fired you, know, you basically are required to you start heating it maybe 1 hour in advance uh you put in uh more firewood and once you keep on um uh, using the sauna you put in more uh wood and, and until mm. you kind of uh, decide to stop and then um you let it cool down
2: yeah because the the more traditional style of heaters like we, we discussed earlier um for example uh was the itokyo as yeah um i didn't realize uh until i actually went um uh and tried one in finland yes. that y- you you heat-, heat up the stones and then put the fire out and and the the stones stay hot for quite some time because
1: it works yeah. like a big storage heater is yes yeah. yeah that's the idea that's like a heat, um, heat storage stove or single wood fired stove mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it yeah the uh, this is the kind of original idea particularly um the kind of first finnish saunas where um, like the smoke sauna was the original finnish sauna type which basically meant uh, when i was I previously made the a metaphor of uh, uh, creating a, like a a small fire out of uh, in the woods. So it was basically, you could say that it, it was basically the same thing, but you, you just had the fire inside a building, yeah. Yeah. unconstrained. So uh, you basically had all the smoke going around. Uh, smoke went through the stones and then um, uh, escaped from some small hatch in somewhere inside the uh, sauna building, but not during use. We should yeah. clarify. No, the fire well, goes out. first. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. I
0: talk about savu sauna or smoke sauna to to English people, they're like. Wouldn't you just suffocate in there? (laughs) So yeah, we should clarify that. Yeah, that that that
1: that is correct. I think um, although that's uh, actually that wouldn't necessarily happen, which is kind of funny thing because people had people uh, when they heat up the sauna, um, they uh, they managed to do that without suffocating. And Mm. actually, the um, like um, Native Americans had this uh, sweat lodge tradition in which they were actually uh, burning the uh, fire as they were in the lodge. Yeah. So wow. it's, uh, it's possible to achieve this kind of uh, effect as well, but it's uh, definitely much more comfortable if you don't do that. Yes, any. yeah. And yeah. less risky. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> in order to achieve then uh, this kind of proper sauna experience um, uh, with this type of stoves, uh, the, the, the minimum requirement is that you need to have adequate capacity of um, kind of thermal storage mass, uh, whether it's rocks inside the sauna stove or just the whole construction. Uh, the ItoQ as example, for which uh, we're we just here still looking at, uh, it's kind of combination of both. Um, they have like uh, internal uh, mass uh, out of like um, bricks, mm-hmm. which store heat, and then the sauna, stoves, uh, sauna stones themselves inside the stove. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, And if you want to try to do this, uh, you, of course, need an appropriate
0: um, number. So there's a range of different stones that you can use in those heaters as well?
1: Yeah, certainly. I think... um I'd like like to say that um, in order to kind of achieve this kind of capacity to, for instance, to enjoy the sauna without uh, heating it up, you need to kind of uh, have the appropriate amount of energy stored. And in order to do that, um, there are basically just two things that you can change, or maybe maybe like three things. Uh, First of all, is to have enough big volume of the stones. Then you can uh, change the kind of um, um, thermal capacity in the stones and third you can uh sometimes change the amount of um, heat or the amount of temperature that you heat uh the stones up to and um of course the uh, the stones are kind of a visible thing and as i compare them to the kind of uh, engine oil in in a calm motor um that that's kind of i think the important part of this uh thing is that uh, first of all um it means that it's it's kind of um uh it's moving part it's part that kind of um uh, sustains stress which means that it has to be replaced every now and then but it also means that it's something that you can kind of experiment with if you feel that um it's not performing like you want to um in finland we basically have um, been using different type of stones um uh, that uh, we've been mining from the nature for a long time yeah. before uh this was uh, uh like the production of sound rocks and stones became commercial business. Um, people just picked up the stones, um, uh, from like beaches mm-hmm. and, um, uh, seasides and rivers.
0: Yeah. I mean, I should make a comment, um, about the, uh, us sauna culture briefly that, um, particularly the upper peninsula Michigan community, um, which has a sort of essentially it's the highest proportion of Finns out or genetic Finns outside Finland. Um, a lot of the saunas i see built there using like a pioneer wood stove with like a handful of um the gra-
2: large pebbles.
0: yeah large granite pebbles Then that they generally they seem to say that the pebbles from the shore of lake superior um which i believe now is frowned upon because you know there'll be no pebbles left for anybody but uh um uh, from what i gather you know, they just have a a few handful of those on like a wood burning stove. Um, but that's granite. And having read your blog, I know what happens to granite. If you, uh, if you use that, so I've always wondered.
1: Yeah, the uh, the granite is, uh, of course, it's been very uh, it's popular rock in Finland. It's very easy to find, and it's not really suitable for sauna stoves. Uh-huh. That's, that's the unfortunate thing. So uh, even though people were kind of picking up this kind of stone uh, stones that they were able to find, and sometimes maybe even doing some sort of uh, rudimentary testing in order to figure out if it actually works for sauna. Uh, nowadays, when we've um, basically been in this kind of more like commercially um, provided stones and stoves for uh, several decades, uh, we've basically um, been down to the fact that we had uh, for a very long time, uh, like since 1950s, uh, we had this um, uh, particular type of rock. Uh, like uh, this is like uh, igne- igneous, igneous, uh, igneous yeah. rock, or magmatic rock um, from the family of uh, buried. Peridotite. Peridotite. Peridotite, yeah. Um that this was very popular yeah. uh, for a long time. In nineteen seventies, this was almost exclusively used. Uh, because uh it has several good properties. It it's very effective in storing heat. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of uh, it um Conducts heat, which means that you can get quite a good lulu out of it because you get the energy Mm -hmm. inside the rock uh, transmitted into the um, um, uh, water quickly. But it also is it's durable. Uh, You can kind of use it for quite a long time. It actually turns into being uh, uh, brown pretty quickly, but doesn't kind of affect it. It uh, stays in one piece for a long period of time, and it was good. But unfortunately, um, mining it became kind of uh, difficult. Over the time, and it was kind of a lot of the main sources were depleted. So mm-hmm. uh, people were then switched uh, to different solutions. Um, nowadays, um, the whole uh, whole of Finland uh, and the uh, saunas are powered with this uh, so-called olivine diabase rock, which is um, olivine diabase in English. Yeah, <laughs> this is basically uh, a <laughs> little bit from the same family of, of stones, but has a little bit different properties. Mm-hmm um most of all it, it's um it's it's not as good as the old one but it's good enough and it's uh, av- available in different sizes mm-hmm. different forms uh and particularly for very cheap mm-hmm. so uh no one in Finland should have any reason to uh, not to replace their stones um uh repeatedly mm-hmm. and uh to use anything else yeah. but this kind of commercial um created rocks but did
2: you did you say people have moved away from the peridotite because of scarcity? Or is that, yeah, is, is yeah that's, that's,
1: that's the biggest problem. That basically, yeah. um, well, I've got this quite very tiny sample with me. But the thing is that basically the only thing you can buy um, from, you, you can, and actually you can, can't even get this from most of the stores, but in places where you can buy this, Few um, uh, supermarkets. Um, the sizes aren't really uh, suitable for anything else but the electric heaters. Okay. okay. Because uh, generally speaking, different type of sauna stoves uh, call for a little bit different type of um, rocks. Basically, the yeah. bigger the stove, the bigger the stones.
2: I heard. I heard the um, the big uh, itokyo-as one ten. So the the biggest size at the uh, Finnish sauna society outside Helsinki uh, uses. Peridotite, but these stones were massive. They're really huge. I think they have a secret quarry somewhere <laughs> that nobody knows about.
1: Well, yeah, no, it's actually it's not not that kind of a big secret uh, where the rocks come from. Um, but the uh, supplier has kind of very limited um, okay. capacity to produce anything. So I think they basically sell most of the stuff that they create. Yeah. For the sauna society, but yeah, if you just went there and asked to buy something, you'd probably get uh, get something in return. If you have your own uh, truck with you to <laughs> transport the stones, but um, basically uh, the fact that the um, the good old periodite has been kind of vanishing, people have been coming up with different alternatives. Uh, one of them is uh, so called c- ceramic sauna stone. Mm-hmm. We've got basically two different varieties in Finland. Uh, this is the um, kind of more Respectable one uh, call, uh, from a producer called Kierkes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this has become very popular. Uh, they've this is basically like a ceramic material uh, which can be made into very different various forms and yeah. shapes and sizes. Um, this is kind of created in very high temperature. I think like one thousand three hundred degrees, uh, which basically means that it will uh, withstand almost all imaginable sound circumstances very well. Yeah. And um, uh, the only problem is that it becomes pretty expensive because yeah. it's, there's, there are parts of the process which require hand manufacturing, and then a lot of energy gets used when it's being baked. But, but people
2: listening who who can't see see the example, um, uh, it, it looks kind of like a potato with weird triangular triangular indentations yeah. all over it.
1: Yeah, the indentations are actually um, uh, part. Um, part of the uh, design in a sense that they increase believe the that um, yeah they increase the surface area and some um people believe that uh it allows because there's um an important part of how the heating of the sound works is that when you heat up um the heat is coming from the stove and particularly in electric heaters it's important that there's uh air flowing through the stove because what happens is when you start heating something up you create this kind of um, um, rising uh, f- uh, flow of air, Look like hot air balloons or whatever you want to think about it, uh, this kind of uh, uplift. And uh, this means that inside um, the stove there's uh, always uh, he- uh, air moving qu- quite quickly. And one of the things is that um, this kind of uh, adding more surface, uh, making this, I mean this thing I'm holding in my hand could be perfectly uh rounded uh, ball uh, but then uh, it would have the minimal amount of surface so this kind of basically creates more opportunities uh, for this thing to heat up when it's inside the stove Mm -hmm. so that kind of helps okay uh the down biggest down, downside is that it's, it's even though it might be like ten times as more durable in some circumstances uh, it's not really forever, but it's at least twenty times as expensive wow. as the olivine diabetes uh, for the same uh, weight yeah
2: and does does it actually uh produce like a a different feeling though Lou? The...
1: well i i think um People have very strong opinions about, about the, um, uh, the type of steam produced. Uh, for one, this doesn't lo- really look too attractive hmm. in any way. This looks like um, potato, yes. say the least. Yeah. And um, so I, I think um, this has, uh, if you think about the kind of objective properties that we can actually measure, uh, these are more lightweight than natural stones. And the other thing is that they don't um, conduct heat quite as, as much yep. as stones. So um, as a consequence, the, um, the steam might be a little bit different. It might be not that aggressive, which sometimes is good, sometimes it's bad. But um, I think there's, I mean, um, in Finland, uh, for, for instance, I personally then do a combination so that I'd be using these ceramic stones it, at the bottom of the stove, uh, in my uh, wood fire stove, which uh, they are kind of um, enduring the most stress. Mm-hmm. And then I've basically piled them up and covered them with another uh, stove, uh, stone, which I like. Uh, this is called Vulcanite. Vulcanite. Vulcanite, yeah. Um, uh, this is more like uh, akin to the uh, tide and quite durable um I like this uh this is kind of the um darkest stone mm. that you can find on the market, yeah, and it performs uh at least as well as the olivine diabetes so um it's it's kind of good choice and it's not infinite not more expensive either, yeah, so it's good um
2: yeah I didn't papers did last uh, last, was it last week uh for for a good friend of ours in the um british sound society we filled the the I guess the the well of the stone cage stone area in a cotoluesto uh, um with the kerkis and then top dressed it with olivine diabase and he he remarked that the uh, lolu felt felt really incredible so mm. is is is, there, is it something that you can blend Different
1: yeah, there's no, no kind of rules against that. I mean, there are very few rules that would actually apply when uh, doing right. sound design, but few, few there are. But in, in, in the rocks, I think the most important thing is to keep them in sh- good shape. Mm-hmm. Because what will happen is that the natural stones will start disintegrating sooner or later. yeah. And they will kind of then crumble into smaller and smaller parts. And that's particularly um, problematic for the electric stoves because yeah. uh, it can lead to the uh, destruction of the stove Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, so um, uh, yeah,
0: for longevity you want to keep yes. the stones changed. I um I must uh, add as well. We're talking about like the nitty gritty of of trying different uh, sauna stones here. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, one of the things I always say to people is that um, the more stones and the less metal, um, the
1: better the steam. Well, I think this uh, kind of captures one of the myths that have been going around in Finland as well for quite a long time. But um, mm, I personally don't quite believe that this uh, holds much true. If we kind of look at back from the, for the Pinterest page that we had uh, yeah. about the stoves, sure, and then um, you can tell me that how many stoves uh, can you see which don't have any metal to them? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean,
2: the, we keep <clears throat> talking about it, but the, the Itokyo-as is all, all metal. Yeah, because there's a lot of stones inside. Yeah, there I are. Think, of course. I think. I
0: w- think w- w- to sort of clarify the point, uh, if you're pouring water onto a stove and it's hitting metal, my general experience is that you get a much sharper hit of steam, um, and thus it, you know. And if you can get the, that water onto the stones. Then you know that's a, a, a much more yeah, gentle, so, softer. Okay,
1: would I say that? Um, I mean, there are some people in Finland believe that there might be some sort of like a negative magical properties to uh, iron, for instance, right. inside the stoves. Whereas, for instance, in, in Russia, it's not uncommon to find stoves that are basically uh, equipped instead of stones they have iron right okay and uh, pieces of iron inside but of course um the iron has very different qualities than typical stones but um, um i think uh you can get very good uh finish uh, sound experience when you use stones but i wouldn't kind of uh, disqualify a stove uh, for the reason that it has some uh, metal parts in it sure, because sure. No, they've all got
0: metal yeah yeah um, it's
1: it's kind of uh, undeniable that you you had have hot um metal parts as part yeah. of the stove but um, it's better if you can cover them up with a lot of stones yeah uh, because the um, temperature differences and as well um as uh, because of course the uh, you definitely get different type of uh, uh, lolu uh if you um, um throw it on like um hot iron instead of the rock for several reasons so um i kind of agree with you but i i wouldn't be kind of superstitious about um uh, avoiding sure sure i mean metal
0: it, it's certainly true that um unless you go for like a, um, a smoke sauna then you can't get away from there being metal on the mm. stove and you know every pretty much every heater that's installed these days is metal um, but i was talking a bit more about the ratio between you know generally speaking you find um you find, um, essentially around the stone cage, particularly those heaters that have, um, uh, less chance of the water having that direct contact with the, with the metal. Um, what I kind of liken it to, uh, from my perspective as a sauna steam is when I get water onto the metal directly, it's a lot sharper, faster heat, uh, A hit of steam um, Mm. because that water hitting the metal that like instantly boils off. Whereas when you're pouring the water over the stones, then the steam builds much more gradually, and yeah. therefore it's not. Yeah, there's sharp.
1: a. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's totally true. So we've, uh, if if you have like a chance uh, of like choosing between two uh, otherwise similar stoves, yeah, that might be a concern. But otherwise, I wouldn't kind of uh, rank that very high as sure. a, as a kind of a, a property of, of the stove, um, because uh, I think um, that there's one interesting part uh, which I've become aware quite uh, recently is that. Um, if you kind of uh, if you have a stove which has very like a tall space and volume um, for the rocks like a tower heater yeah yeah, Yeah. uh, maybe more enclosed than the tower heater but anyways um, if you kind of very slowly pour down uh, the water so it kind of goes lower parts of the uh, stove you basically when the um, steam um, when the water evaporates in lower parts of the um, Rock space, it basically has more chances to gather additional heat when it goes around the stones. So you basically might actually get um, more like heat out of the uh, same steam if you manage to generate the um, steam by pouring it like lower inside mm-hmm. the stove. So, and they actually used to be there's so a there's an uh actually photo of this um one particular stove called Aurinko Kiwas or Sun stove. Okay. It's not anymore. It's a pretty tall stove uh we could uh, scroll downwards maybe on this page I think. Uh, it's actually there in the middle, a little bit back upwards. Yeah there in, in the middle column. Um that one uh we can see it's got a pretty huge um um like um Tall door on the yeah fireworks. yeah, and I think they they incorporated this kind of it still exists in some Russian um, r- Russian stove designs. So there's kind of like a channel inside the uh, stove which uh, leads the water uh, into the middle part of, okay. of the stove.
2: So we, we, we've recently come across a, a little uh, gadget called the the ho Oh is, yeah, is
1: yeah. I've also tested that one. They've been these guys have been very excellent marketing the idea, but yeah um yeah i th- i don't think um once more it, it makes a difference but the difference is i think unfortunately a little bit too small in most circumstances to make any <laughs> okay um
2: it, it, that's but it, only it follows because... that principle though yeah 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 the, that's the the, uh, the principle is the, the, the same tea, yeah um, um,
1: the i don't kind of disagree with the basic principles but the device is far just far too small in order to be effective mm. okay
2: but you can do so um various fins have told me that. um uh the slow pour method for anyone who who doesn't have a, a specific device or something that can deliver the water deep in the stones mm-hmm. the if you just pour ladle really slowly in the s- same location the idea being that the surface stones cool down and allow the water to trickle deeper and deeper into the stove until it gets right down to the um stones like mm-hmm. you're saying Yeah. It gives you a good hit of steam. Yeah, that's really nice.
1: Yeah. But uh, I think uh, now that we've kind of started following the steam, I think we could um, move forward a little bit in the di- in the discussion in terms that um, I said um, in my book, I was basically um, uh, starting from the heat, uh, which we get out of the stove, but it doesn't kind of end there. Um, the steam is actually important part in dealing with the second big factor, uh, which okay. is the air quality. Because, uh, you know, um, as i'm saying that the uh creation of the steam lolu is integral part of the Finnish sound tradition, and um it does several kind of things happen when you uh, uh create Lolu the lolu uh, creates this kind of feeling of increased he- heat and um um I'm not going go to go into details of the physics behind this phenomenon but everyone who's experienced it knows that it's true mm. for, for several reasons one of the one of the reasons um that's not um I'd say uh, you it feels like the temperature of the uh, sauna is rising but in fact the temperature stays almost the same um but instead the fact that we've um uh, When we boil water in a kettle, for instance, we basically need to consume some amount of electricity or gas um, in order to do that. Um, That's uh, kind of energy that goes into uh, vaporizing the um, water. And when uh, we do that in sauna, and then we go on the sauna bench, uh, suddenly uh, there's water on our skin, Mm. which we usually interpret as being a sweat, but in fact, uh, only probably half of the water that uh, appears on our skin is actually wet, sweat. Uh, the rest is actually the same water that we just poured on the stove, uh, which starts to condensate on wow. our skin. And this condensation process basically delivers the same energy that it draws from the stove and uh, releases it on our skin, which makes it kind of prickle mm-hmm. and heat up our skin. And it also kind of heats up, uh, for instance, uh, wooden surfaces, which have this kind of... Uh, um, um, hygro, hygrostatic, hygro something properties. Okay. Basically, they uh, the wooden surfaces also absorb water to some extent. Yeah. And heat up. Yes. In a similar kind of way. And so that's um that's kind of that's an important part that happens. Mm. But uh, also a few other things happen uh, besides the feeling of heat. We also get um, additional like convection, which basically means that the uh, circulation of air inside the uh, Sauna room accelerates because um, when when the water uh, um, evaporates and we have hululu it basically means that the for instance if we pour one liter. Um, of water, which is quite a lot, uh, we get uh, approximately one, um, 01 uh, cubic, uh, cubic meter, yeah, or of, a cubic um, meter uh, of steam. And, they, yeah. and that means that uh, there will be, uh, that kind of drives the existing air uh, to escape the sauna room if it can. Uh, sometimes you might even, uh, if you have like a loosely uh, hatched door, the door might open. Uh, these are all kind of signs that there's something happening in the air temporarily and so w- one part of why you feel uh more hot with with the steam is the fact that the, the air started going uh, more quicker around the, there's this kind of temporal like wind almost like mm-hmm. you said that uh if, if someone close to your ear when you're in the sauna you'll definitely feel it yeah uh so it's a little bit similar kind of kissing happens uh, with Lulu, but um uh, so, so LERLU is actually kind of uh, one part of uh, achieving good air quality in sauna, but unfortunately, it's not really enough. Mm. Uh, you can you can think about that uh, sauna. Um, you guys here at Finnmark um, have been making uh, sure that the um, UK saunas would also be properly insulated and sealed and vapor uh, bari- Barrierized, yes, and um, that's all. <laughs> Ventilation fi- is. Yeah, that's fine and dandy, but you can kind of imagine that um, if you if one pulls uh, like a plastic bag on your um, head, and yeah. start breathing, you'll uh, you will be feeling very uncomfortable very yeah. quickly. And basically, if you create this kind of a sauna, um, particularly if it's a relatively small one, say like um, under ten uh, cubic meters, mm-hmm. um, it's not that much space. Uh, uh, to live in for a very long time particularly yeah. if it is shared by several people uh, so basically uh, you can't really have this kind of plastic back feeling inside yes. the sauna instead you need to have some sort of like ventilation yeah. uh, you have to have like air moving in and out of sauna mm-hmm. frequently uh, in Finland we've uh, had some sort of tries to define how much that would be um, uh, the kind of uh, official uh, regulations that we've had in the past have had stated very different figures i'd say that from practice we can tell that um it's uh, we probably need to be able to change the air inside the sauna at least two or three times an hour um maybe even more Uh, but then again it's so that the uh, uh the absolute amount of air that goes in and out of sauna is not enough to describe how things go because You can basically have uh, one hole for the air coming in and the other hole for it going out. If it just directly uh, passes by, it's not good.
2: Yeah, so with regard to ventilation, to to what extent does the location uh, affect the uh, air quality, as you were saying?
1: Well, um, the location, it's kind of important. I... Or I'd rather say that the most important thing is the consequence of the location in the sense that what we are looking forward to have is the right mixing of the fresh air with the existing air and of course then that we are kind of taking out the old air or the bad air Uh, from the right right location because uh, there are a few uh, things uh, that can and quite uh, frequently go wrong with this thing first of all if we think about the outgoing air um, I've seen too many examples in Finland of of this kind of ventilation systems where you might have this kind of outgoing uh, vent somewhere high up in the ceiling and in the worst case what happens is that uh, like I had in uh, one of our own apartment buildings uh, we had a sauna which there was a very um, level of ventilation, this kind of mechanical ventilation was very high, the volume was um, excessive, and uh, there was like one um, huge outgoing vent just in the um, ceiling, mm. and it always uh, suck, sucked immediately all lulu out of the room, out, yeah. so you, you, it was impossible to get any lowly there. Yeah. So uh, even though uh, on paper it might have looked uh, that everything is okay, because the uh, number of, or the amount of ventilation was um, at least uh, adequate Mm. I'd say excessive it was up to me Uh, but um yeah the location was uh extremely bad yeah um i'm not that's not to say that uh at some point it might be actually useful to have this kind of uh, vent uh up high in the ceiling we we often call that like a drying
0: vent yeah um, or a dump vent so after use you can open it up so that you can dry off all the benching and make sure that that yeah. lasts as long as possible yeah i think
1: that's very important partly in, in wood fired uh, mm-hmm. saunas also in saunas which have this kind of natural uh, ventilation Um, because uh, there are like two uh, principally very different solutions for achieving the good air quality are the uh, mechanical ventilation and the natural ventilation. Mm -hmm. The natural ventilation is kind of um, a little bit more trickier Um, in Finland. We've basically even have like uh, quite uh, credible scientific research made out of the mechanical ventilation, but the natural ventilation is more or less of a mystery and uh, very uh, commonly uh, not that well um, understood or implemented. So um, when I do kind of, um, in Finland, uh, give out advice about how to uh, uh, create a ventilation, most of the questions usually concern natural ventilation, mm-hmm. which is so much more easy to kind of uh, screw up. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is that it's, it's uh, because it's, um, it's an invisible thing, you don't really kind of see uh, if it works or if it doesn't work. You can have the holes in the wall as many as you like, but you can't really kind of, um, uh, it's not that kind of straightforward to say that if they're going to do the job or not. So um, I basically, for my book, I made a small collection about like four or five different kind of solutions that you might have in order to kind of, um, uh, create a good well-functioning um, natural ventilation because it has particularly if if you have this kind of um, um, wood-burning stove uh, uh, which is kind of continuously fired, uh, so using it uh, while you're, uh, you're heating the sauna all the time while you're using it, it basically provides very good basis for having excellent ventilation because uh, the sauna stove itself uh, it it consumes in order to burn one kilogram of firewood, you basically need about ten uh, cubic uh, meters worth of air, okay. and that's already quite a lot. If mm-hmm. you're going kind to of think about it, it, depending on the size of the room, uh, people uh, don't, in typically he- all the air in the cell. yeah, you yeah. you usually consume um, in an hour almost ten kilos of, uh, of firewood. Mm-hmm. That means like one hundred uh, cubic meters uh, of air has to go through. Yeah. Uh, the stove. So, um, if you kind of then configure uh, the inlets properly, uh, it's a very easy way to achieve uh, good um, quality mm-hmm. in the sound. But if you don't do that properly, uh, it's it basically all goes to waste <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't have there are no guarantees that it will uh, automatically succeed. Yes. And unfortunately, um, a lot of people in Finland have also been struggling with this. Mm-hmm. But uh, but in short, uh, the air quality is something that you can achieve, or mm-hmm. with con- uh, good ventilation design, it's absolutely necessary in order to create an enjoyable sound experience. Yeah. Which is, I mean, we see it a
0: lot, and it, you know, I'm sure we could take you to some some saunas in. In the UK here, which won't have any ventilation, and um, I've certainly been out to sites where um, they even blocked the gap under the door with a piece of like plastic. And I was like, "Why have you done that?" And they said, "Oh, the users were complaining that there was too much air coming in through <laughs> this gap." And I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is!" And it was a public sauna. Um, so yeah, um, in the worst cases we've seen, where we've, well, I
2: had to remove one recently. Um- And uh, whilst removing um, the the sauna, I I came across the ventilation hole um, underneath the benches, and I thought, "Oh, great! There is is someone else in England is actually doing ventilation." And I opened the sluice, the vent, um, and directly behind it was a block wall. It went nowhere. (laughs) Just
0: cosmetic ventilation. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, oh well, this is this is how it should look, you know. So no, uh, uh, and it's uh, it's like with the heat it's one of those things that it's really difficult for me to communicate to somebody, particularly, um, somebody who is, uh, speculative in their interest of finished sauna. I.e., They they've heard about it. They like the idea of it. They've maybe tried one or two. Uh, so they don't really have a connoisseur's appreciation of what a good sauna experience maybe is. And, um, you know, they have to take my word for it when I say, look, you want to make sure this is properly ventilated. You want to make sure that you've got, you know, most of the heaters will tell you how much fresh air per hour they need. Um, And so the idea of an unventilated sauna is not just uh, an unpleasant experience to sit in because it will just feel really stuffy, but also it's not very safe because, you know,
1: you also need fresh air, um, so. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, the existence of a, a good air quality based on ventilation is absolutely necessary mm. in order to have an enjoyable sauna experience. Um, I personally take it as the kind of number one measure uh, of good sauna is the uh, uh, duration of how long you can actually stay in there. Yeah. Of course, there are kind of a lot of uh, personal preferences in terms of how, um, kind of what sort of temperatures and uh, how much humidity people can stand and so forth but uh i think it's it's a very bad sign if you have to kind of leave the sauna uh, which has relatively low temperature after one or two minutes mm. then you know that there's something wrong with it yeah uh, because um if the air quality is good um people can usually sustain even pretty high temperatures for a long period of time yeah but uh it, it's it's definitely a crucial matter for kind of uh what think, is what is
2: a tell um a telltale sign if if someone's sat in a in a sauna and they uh they, they they don't know what they're looking for what's a telltale sign in the way that they're feeling in terms of whether it's a good ventilation or bad ventilation
1: Well I think I uh, said uh like a good sign about good ventilation and everything else being in quite good shape is the fact that you can uh, it feels good mm. that you can actually stay there for a long period of yeah. time because it's, of course, the things uh, if you have never been to a sauna, uh, it probably is somewhat shocking experience uh, whether the sauna is uh, objectively speaking good or bad yeah. when you go there first time. But if you have had any kind of a prior exposure to sauna, uh, I think uh, you'll pretty quickly f- uh, figure out that if it's uh, kind of comfortable or yeah, not. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's no secret um, uh, from us that our our own sort of sauna enlightenment um prior to that the what we'd tried in the UK i mean uh, currently a lot of people's experience of sauna is like something that they go to, to tolerate for 10 minutes, maybe after a workout in a gym and they consume it like Victorians would consume medicine. Like I'm sitting here because I know this is good for me, but I don't enjoy this at all. And I think that's such a shame because when, when we tried proper sauna in Finland, it was like, Whoa, you know, I can stay in here 30 minutes and be like, you know and go between a cold plunge and then back in and and I can enjoy this whole experience over the you know over a series of hours and then afterwards i mean people talk about the euphoria and the the sort of the serotonin hit and certainly from a medical perspective this kind of like huge boost in your immune system this you know your body chemistry kind of goes crazy after you've had a really good sauna experience and it's such a shame because that's clearly what all this Health hype is about, and sadly, like people are kind of dosing themselves on unpleasant sauna experiences because they don't know any different, Um, and because the market because they don't know any different, the market kind of doesn't demand that. Um, I often sort of liken it to kind of being a bit nauseous, you know, like if you if you go into this sauna and it's like so dry that when you're breathing, you're having to humidify the air with your own breath, and uh, there's no vents in that um, you kind of start to feel this kind of sickness and then that's
1: yeah well there's uh, of course there are different aspects also to your why you get this kind of uh, issues one of them being the fact that if you um, kind of heat up a sauna for like uh, electric saunas can be very easily heated up for say Mm 24-7 it will basically um, uh, create so one so like a dry environment that it's very difficult um, to kind of um, achieve very nice level of humidity, yeah, or it becomes easily, easily kind of uh, excessive, yeah, because uh, the more uh, you raise the temperature, the more uh, kind of uh, the higher imo- the higher absolute uh, quantity of water you need to use in order to achieve similar kind of relative humidity, yeah. so it becomes a little bit difficult, yeah, so. Um, I think we could uh, have a quick look at this uh, picture from um, one of the few very credible studies in Finland done around the air quality thing and ventilation. Um, This basically shows you how you do things right if you are building something which has mechanical ventilation. Basically the principle is pretty simple. You have like in this uh, simplified version, you basically have one inlet, which is uh, located above the stove, and then you have one outlet, which is located uh, approximately on the level of the lowest uh, bench or this kind of uh, feed level benches. What this will create is that um, this kind of a, uh, this ventilation guarantees uh, that the air, incoming fresh air, will be mixed uh, with the existing air, and it also kind of draws um, the the fact that there's the outlet is uh, in quite low level. It basically means that it's sucking in. Uh, the air uh, from the upper parts uh, to lower, which makes makes the um, temperature gradient in the sauna also more uh, favorable. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for instance, if you reverse this setup and uh, have the in uh, uh, inlet air in the floor and the outgoing in the ceiling, you basically get the uh, warm um, region only in very high above in the sauna. So um, in this case, uh, this kind of uh, combination both makes the heat uh, very nice and it also kind of, uh, gives you fresh air. So that's a, that's a mechanical ventilation setup. Yeah, so this is mechanical ventilation. ventilation. Forced, forced yeah. air in and yes. forced air out. Yeah, and this is actually um, in Finland, this is something that we would uh, recommend if you're building your um, sauna in a part of your apartment. Because okay. uh, the issues with ha- having kind of natural ventilation, um, particularly inside a residential building, is that it's very difficult to guarantee. That you'll get um, be able to kind get, uh, get rid of all the humidity mm-hmm. afterwards, which will then create all kinds of problems, and you don't really want to have to no. deal with that. Yeah. So, if your house is equipped uh, with mechanical ventilation, um, make sure that you actually um, plug your sauna into the same system as well. Yeah. Yes.
2: Is it also? Um, uh, sorry, uh, I digress slightly, but is it coincidence that um, uh, in this image? Uh, it seems to be um, quite good at uh, representing
1: the law of lolu. Yeah, yeah. This is actually uh, for for some some reason. This is it happens to be also a nice illustration of the uh, uh, the law of lolu, which basically um, it's not the law. The law of lolu was originally described by this Finnish. Um, um, I know uh, you'd call him maybe anthropologist or. Uh, kind of a scientist uh but he he was basically uh he who wrote a very um I'd say funny book about the sauna cultures inside Finland and o- outside in the world and uh it wasn't supposed to be taken very seriously but the um the law the law of Lulu still persists and basically it says one thing and the one thing is that uh w- when you're sitting in sauna you should have all the sauna stoves beneath uh the level of your toes Mm-hmm. And um, that's so the heater.
0: The top edge of the heater should be lower than the top of the lower bench.
1: Yes, okay. yes, that is correct. And actually, um, some people um, like to say that uh, it would probably be preferable if you even had the lower bench maybe like 10 centimeters higher uh, mm-hmm. than the rock level. Now, this. um this law of Lulu seems to apply mostly um in the uh, occasions where you have natural ventilation because um it, it's not pretty kind of exactly um the description of physics how things go because uh if you kind of heat up the sauna for a very long period of time particularly if you have mechanical ventilation um, the sauna will heat up quite um uh, evenly, uh, from very low parts to the bottom. And actually, there's one very interesting variation in Finland, which is called like um, air circulation sauna, uh, in which ha- the idea is that you place this kind of um, um, air uh, sucking uh, outlet directly above the stove, and then you kind of capture the steam, and then you um, um, redirect the steam to the lower part of the sauna, where it kind of then uh, goes up. Uh, you do this kind of uh, underneath, you basically build channels uh, behind the sauna paneling to do this uh, funny circulation thing. Uh, that allows you to kind of achieve uh, almost like um, 95% of the sauna will have identical uh, circumstances for having, um, wow. having um, steam and yeah. Um It's a little bit expensive to kind of create, but it's also uh, basically one of the best ways to build this kind of uh, wheelchair accessible. Right um, yeah. sauna because you know, it it leaves only about like two uh, three inches from the bottom uh, from uh, from the floor uh, colder than rest of the sauna and you will basically have some kind of loaded experience all through the room right. without creating uh, having to even create benches so basically uh, the law of Lølum, uh is is very good principle when you are building a, say like a simple wood fired sauna backyard or at your cabin. Uh, but it doesn't kind of uh, strictly apply in you know, other circumstances. But um, if we kind of think about, um, we can now move on to the uh, third part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In my book, My uh, third section of my book concerns basically all the structures that you have inside a sauna room. And uh, the most important structures are actually already uh, somewhat discussed and they are visible in this photo as well, and they are the benches and the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of funny that uh, both both these elements actually play a role in how um, things in the sauna will feel. Of course, um, the particular benches are probably the thing that I make most prominent. Uh, We could actually um, uh, have a look at Pinterest once more. There's like a Pinterest board called Sauna Benches, Saunan Lautet, uh, which we can find, uh, which has a lot of different kind of illustrations for different types of... different types of sauna sauna benches I don't, I'm sure if, if that, um it might be a pin or, uh, sorry a pinterest board if you go yeah, back yeah it's under the uh, uh, pinterest board under the sauna logia uh I go one more back, back so you're on yeah now we should be able to find something that looks like benches there it is there sauna lot that, that one yeah so uh, sauna benches is it's uh like crucial thing uh in a normally operating sauna because we have to have this kind of elevation in order to be in the place where the steam goes and it also it's it's kind of like a good um the sauna benches is also an opportunity to provide a little bit different kind of um sauna environment across the sauna room uh there are a lot of different kind of variations of how you can achieve this and of course the sauna uh, benches are very central to the aesthetics of the whole sauna room because um, you can do them in so many different kind of ways but they will all, almost always dominate how the thing will look like eventually. Um, in Finland you can find a lot of uh, different kind of designs. And, um, if you can kind of look go look uh, internationally, you'll find even more examples. Uh in Finland, we basically have very few basic variations uh which usually occupy uh, at least one uh um, one side of the uh, of the floor nowadays. Uh in past 10-50 years in in Finland, we've got uh the models that have basically cover almost all of the sauna uh area have become very popular. But um, so there are the kind of alternatives are just numerous. There are a lot of materials that materials that you can use. Uh, but uh, I think I personally kind of uh, the important stuff about the sauna uh, bench is that is that is the relative height. We've already discussed the um, law of Lulu, but the kind of most uh, the key figure, the number one thing, is to co- take into consideration that what is the height from the ceiling to the, um, the uppermost bench. Because if you have like too high ceiling in, rel- in rel- uh, relatively to the high bench you are basically never going to get low and it's going to be very energy inefficient of uh, heating up the whole space. So uh, I basically I also have somewhere uh, we're not going to look at look at that, but there are there are examples in a a board called uh, um, saunas designed to fail, in which I've collected (laughs) few examples of saunas which have like benches on 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 the very low level, and then you have like a ceiling going high up, yeah, because it's basically um, what's called folding to the wrong direction, yeah. So it would be technically or physically impossible to get any steam in that kind of sauna. Yeah. So the distance between the benches and, and the ceiling is the most important thing uh, for the functional thing. Of course, you also have to take into consideration material. Uh, in Finland, people use um, uh, wood. Uh, wood is good because it's as um, uh, it, it works as kind of insulation. It doesn't conduct heat very quickly. If you try to build uh, there's kind of old legend about that the Russian people wanted to have as a war compensation after the Second World War, they ordered um, um, benches made out of um, copper. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I don't think uh, that, that's a legend, because I think at some point Finnish people didn't believe that be, uh, Russians know anything about sauna. Uh, that was not really correct. But um, all kind of wooden materials are pretty good. Uh, for sauna benches, of course, there are a lot of, uh, they've got many dimensions. But uh, important thing is that uh, you should not be able, to, or you should be able to kind of uh, rest on the sauna benches comfortably. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means you need some sort of dimensions, uh, d- depending on what you want to lie down on your back, if you want to kind of um, be sitting there comfortably. Uh, then it's the kind of basic dimensions: how many people you're trying to fit in. In Finland, uh, we basically think that you need like a se- 60 centimeters uh, width. Mm -hmm. Uh, for every person on on board and so forth. So there are different kind of like principles that help and rules that help out to design the sauna.
0: So up on the screen, we've got some examples of um, different wood materials um, that can be used on the benching. Um, There's quite a few examples of aspen up there, some spruce, uh, some sauna ply. There's kello uh, or or deadwood um, spruce there um, as well. Um, Do you have any preference over sort of... um, Uh, over what types of wood are used on the benching
1: um, from your experience? Well, I uh, personally choose for my own sauna, I choose um, untreated aspen, um, which is, uh, it's the lightest material, um, both in terms of weight and also in terms of uh, color. Uh, well, the untreated aspen is kinda, uh, it looks very nice when it's new, but the problem is that it gets uh, signs of aging, oh, yeah. get creep in very quickly,
0: yeah.
1: and it's very kind of sensitive, uh, so you have to be able to try it, try it out very quickly, or otherwise you'll get uh, it'll get uh, darker and grey mm-hmm. and spots uh, like that. It doesn't kind of Milchier. make the yeah. It doesn't kind of uh, technically. It's not damaged I- structurally. Yeah, it's uh, kind of solid, but it still doesn't look the same. So yeah, um, I'm I don't I don't think I would recommend to anyone who's very sensitive about how the sauna looks like. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, it's very nice material. Um, I think I personally maybe like to. Um, Uh, draw the attention to the more fundamental question that uh, can you actually make the sauna interior out of anything else but wood? Mm, Right. Because, um, of course, the wood, uh, this kind of massive uh, walls of wood have been the uh, traditional uh, choice in Finnish sauna industry for ages. And I think uh, I'd say that 95% of at least all the Finnish uh, saunas have been traditionally um, Mm wood-paneled one way or the other. Um, nowadays, we've uh, more recently we've had uh, have seen the entrance of uh, more like glass elements in mm. saunas, which have like the drawbacks, so yeah. they're not ideal. There but I a lot think of heat. yeah. But then again, there's been also the question that uh, can you kind of create the sauna benches out of, for instance, um, uh, this kind of ceram- ceramic tiles or materials like they use in. Um, uh steam rooms yeah but wouldn't that get really hot yeah the issue is that uh it's not really kind of suitable material for sauna even though it's basically very rot resistant mm-hmm. and it's easy to uh, clean but the problem is that um in order to kind of keep the sauna very hygienic hygienic uh you need to achieve uh, all the surfaces must should be kind of uh, or go above 55 degrees celsius yeah. in order to uh, kill the germs yeah And uh, already around like 40, 45 degrees, uh, this kind of um, uh, non wooden materials start to feel very hot. So actually, if you try to do, we have like in Finland, a few public saunas, uh, which have uh, like, uh, we've actually had just a very like recently launched sauna, which had basically uh, ceramic uh, benches or this type of material and problem is that you have to cover them up or alternatively you have to install uh, like a wooden duck board. um no, no sorry yeah uh, you have to cover them with duckboard or then uh, you have to install this kind of um, um radiator or what is called water cooling system right, right. so okay. that it actually decreases the temperature but that problem is that then it becomes like toler- tolerable to sit on yeah. but it becomes un- unhygienic yeah so um that's not something that i would recommend because the other thing is that uh the uh, uh, bench structure also in, uh, influences the uh circulation of air mm-hmm. and so it will probably influence somewhat what's what type of uh, lulu you will get in the sauna because the uh, the more kind of or um, uh, the less the bench structures actually obstruct the flow of the air the kind of um, more movement of the air from a lulu you will actually get
0: yeah i've I've been to some um, um, sort of especially older Finnish houses in the countryside where they actually put like wooden benches uh, upper and lower uh, in a concrete room. And it, although the sauna itself takes a long time to heat up, um, it certainly seems possible to do it in that kind of setup. Um, but it does have a different, like it's a lot more about the steam for the heat in those cases, because otherwise you've such
1: got such a large amount of thermal mass to heat up. Mm. Um, that, yeah, uh, and, uh, I mean if you have like um, there's uh, one formers and one manufacturer in Finland who creates this kind of a uh, uh, underground sauna or so this kind of um, like uh, made out of uh, concrete elements. And uh, that kind of sound, it's basically its impossible to get uh, much m- to to temp- temperature around like 60, 60 degrees is absolute maximum. It just takes forever to heat up any right. further. It's just impossible. But uh, so this kind of, uh, now we're basically talking about the uh, material for the uh, walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see it's kind of common that you see kind of matching materials being used for benches and walls. So yeah, but... Uh, in overall the um influence of the um uh, material or the choice for the um walls is not as big as it's for the benches mm-hmm. and i think the kind of second most important element that we um that i consider um for inside the sauna uh, room is that um, is the construction and the design of the inner roof or um, the ceiling ceiling, ceiling yes yeah. so there we have we could have a look at the there are a few um, few simple illustrations of uh, different um, types of uh, roofs that we might have, and um, I think the basic idea is that um, we should not the um, basic idea in the roof is that we should not construct a roof. Uh, that allows the uh, steam lulu to uh, get outside of reach of the uh, people in the sauna. So we, what we want to do is that we want to have the kind of um, uh, design of of and and uh, of the roof so that enables the uh, steam to move around quite freely and reach the people. Because uh, what will happen is that the steam will go to the uh, highest location it will go to the furthest location from the stove as quickly as possible the steam doesn't actually uh move um in some locations um one one sort of like funny thing is that it depends on the um temperature of the sauna a little bit That will you see actually see the lolu coming out of the uh, uh place um uh, the colder your sauna is and the more um uh, the hotter the stove is uh, the better chances you are actually seeing how the um, steam goes around mm-hmm. in sauna, the, and the more hotter is it, uh, more hot it is, uh, the less likely you're gonna see anything. But uh, mm-hmm. if you see it, actually, it actually does go like a, uh, at a moderate speed, mm-hmm. and then it spreads around in the sauna, going uh, uh, going towards the kind of far end corner mm-hmm. and uh, to the highest peaks mm-hmm. in the sauna. So, you, for instance, if you for some reason would uh, create this kind of um, like in the middle, uh, there are like three uh, three alternatives in this uh, illustration I've done. In the kind of worst case scenario, we would have this kind of um, somehow like a peak in the roof um, somewhere uh, totally not anywhere close to the bathers. And that would kind of capture and trap all the steam inside of it. And um, it would be basically impossible to get any steam where you're uh, sitting. So this kind of um, solutions, which more or less uh, direct the uh, low towards the bathers, um, are the kind of best ones. And this kind of rounded dome shape is, uh, I think, the ultimate one, at least in my experience. Mm-hmm. But also, even this kind of uh, thing that has two folds is already uh, like a, very good.
0: A low, a very low twin pitch. Yeah. yeah um, twin or pitch. a totally what you don't have up there is the example of a completely flat, which obviously no. Yeah, it,
1: that's the uh, kind of most common one, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, I guess with the more pitched ceilings, is there like a risk that the steam could sit um, up way above the user's head and kind of get stuck there? Um, particularly in example B, as you've rightly pointed out, um, you create a bit of a steam trap.
1: Yeah, I think uh, my kind of illustrations uh, were not, I'm kind of missing out the kind of most typical flat, roof here but uh, I mean that's that's kind of still okay but uh, I think the kind of uh, why these for instance the pitched uh, versions are better they also kind of pluck out these kind of corners where people really aren't and kind of reducing the kind of um, volume of the sauna space that's still gonna go unused it's it's kind of a good idea mm-hmm. um, so yeah I think the kind of uh, biggest lesson is just to avoid these kind of evidently bad. Designs, yeah, and make sure that your benches are properly uh, close to the ceiling, okay. But there are, of course, yeah. Um, now we've basically gone through a few elements of the um, sauna room design. Um, of course, the sauna has, uh, or the room has several elements that you have to have, like, um, walls, <laughs> windows, door, yeah. uh, floor. Um, all these things have some kind of an impact on the sauna experience, maybe the uh. Uh, One, I could say that, uh, for instance, the uh, the windows in Finland, most of people don't realize that uh, the manufacturers actually know how to create uh, windows that are appropriate for sauna. Mm. But if you don't know what to ask for, you're not going to get it automatically. Because, uh, for instance, uh, in Finland, people use these uh, like triple glass. Yeah windows and uh, sometimes they might be filled with gases that kind of uh, start uh, expanding heavily when you warm up and they will break the glass so you should definitely not get that kind of a windows to okay. your sauna um, <laughs> same thing goes with this kind of um, what is it called handle, handle yeah
0: it yeah, uh, gets red hot if it's metal
1: yeah you uh it's very easy to get one that's made out of wood mm. but uh, you wouldn't get one if you don't know uh, yeah. that you can get one. Yeah. Because it doesn't definitely, uh, it's not the standard. So we have the problem with people who say, oh, yeah, I've got this
0: space that I've put um, a window in and it's like a UPVC window and PVC
1: like will just degrade at the temperature yeah. in the sauna yeah. so quickly. Yeah. That's not a really good idea. No. <laughs> Another uh, kind of safety issues that um, I would always kind of from. People in Finland quite often use, um, like different kind of wooden materials, particularly in this kind of, um, more rustic saunas uh, I have no kind of uh nothing against uh doing like uh ceramic tiles or this kind of uh, more they're kind of robust material for mm-hmm. sauna floor but just make sure that the kind of uh, material that you choose is not going to be awfully slippery yeah because they have like different gradings and you should Anti-sleep definitely go rating, yeah the you, highest yeah you need to kind of go for that and otherwise you'll be uh breaking your neck falling yeah. over in the sauna yeah Particularly after you've got a few beers, it's... Uh, gets
0: well, it's yeah. <laughs> we can't condone slippery. drinking in the sauna. Um, no. <laughs> um, so in your book, you've mentioned you have four sections. and um, We've talked about the more practical ones, and certainly your specialism is in the kind of um, the mechanics of it and the science behind it. Um, but I guess that kind of brings us nicely onto section four, which um is a bit more sort of about the culture and, and perhaps some more esoteric aspects of...
1: Yeah, the sauna culture and uh, habits and company are something that... I mean, you can't really have the uh, sauna experience without actually spending time in the sauna and that usually, even in Finland, happens uh, in some kind of a company. Mm-hmm. Even if, if it's your family or friends or someone else or in public sauna, God knows who, um, it's still uh, something like a place where people... Uh, come together and share some sort of moment and experience. And, uh, the way I see it, I mean, the whole idea of having some sort of sauna experience, you can't really design anyone's experience, but you can design the space that supports having some sort of experience. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's been my kind of ideology from the start. And, uh, the way I see it is that we have like particular sauna habits and ways uh, that Finnish people like to use their saunas. And that's different from well like what Germans do or what the Russians do. Mm-hmm. Um but nowadays when you think about this um like what sort of like sauna culture and what sort of habits you want to um promote. I think it's important to take into consideration that um maybe you could also consider for instance can the same sauna be applied, used for different types of Um, sound habits or cultures. For instance, the whisking thing is something that I personally a little bit like miss uh, it has slightly disappeared from the finished saunas. Um, my own guess is that it's because people people nowadays have my private saunas and they have to clean them up, yeah. And whisking creates uh more so mess, many leaves, leaves yeah. everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm still pulling the uh the birch leaves out the back of my sauna from last season, so. <laughs> yeah.
2: Because well, I think people forget the or well, in the correct way to prepare a birch leaf to, you know, you soak them and then you blanch them on the stones, but obviously they're they're um they're going they're going to lose leaves and when they get in the stones and you're pouring lolu your uh, your water on the stones to produce lolu, it just washes all the leaves into the stones deeper and deeper, and then yes. for about you know a week afterwards, you just smell burning birch leaves yeah, every time it's a bit you like
1: the sun <laughs> yeah that that's kind of um, that's one of the unfortunate outcomes of whisking, but I think uh, for the kind of general maintenance of the sauna, you can uh, kind of think about this, uh, how easy will this kind of uh, solution, for instance, for sauna benches is going to be clean. Mm. We have like the locations which uh, the cleaning hasn't been very uh, high priority in design, um, and these kind of benches, for instance, are currently quite popular in Finland, uh, which make it almost impossible to clean yeah. beneath them. So I think that should be kind of taken care of, if uh, or taken into consideration, if you want to make it possible to do whisking or uh, or if you want to do alfus somewhere. Yeah, that you need to kind of uh, think about that how the sound is going to be used or could it be used somehow differently than mm-hmm. it's being currently used. That's also a little bit like the like an accessibility thing that what what happens if you break your leg yeah uh if you have get small kids how safe will this environment be but that's of course not kind of um maybe not so much culture but it's it's about kind of thinking about that what kind of things will the sauna support in the yeah. future because uh, i mean it's uh it seems that people can come up with new ideas on how to use saunas Uh, even in a quite short period of time, Um, but saunas themselves are not that kind of maybe easy to transform once they've been initially designed, Uh, it's not kind of easy to extend the saunas to be bigger or modifications uh, in kind of larger scale aren't really that easy to happen. They're kind of easy to, you can kind of change the materials, the outlooks, but it's very difficult to kind of make very major changes if you just incorporated a sauna into a building. So I think it's good to um, think about how how the sauna culture is going. For instance, in Finland, we still have like the uh, people who are usually bathe in nude um, and then we've had this kind of sex segregation, which so basically assume that in a lot of the public places, people go nude and uh, with the same sex. And then again, we've got some like public saunas, such as Lodu Helsinki, in which people go. Uh, there are the saunas are shared, but people wear uh, swimming suits. Um, that's apparently like one trend we've had uh, in the past years, and may might be getting more popular. The fact that, uh, the good part of of that is that uh, if we can have like the um, if the members of the opposite sex can share the same spaces we don't have to uh make that many similar identical saunas and other spaces it's it's better we can have more variety and uh people can have more like more company uh so that's like a positive thing Then on the on the other hand uh using the swimming suits is that's like uh, um unfortunately you kind of uh shielding your way uh, yourself away from the actual uh steam for instance and lulu so uh, I'm not kind of a big fan of that.
0: Mm.
1: But it's, it's interesting to see how things go because we have, of course, the society is changing. We've like these kind of um, same-sex marriages became legal in Finland a few years back. Mm-hmm. And then then becomes these kind of questions that how um, w- how we actually deal with these more complicated things, for instance, like the uh, third gender or people who don't kind of uh, associate themselves with either biological... Sure. Sex and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, nowadays, we actually have in Finland. We have one like public swimming hall in Helsinki, which has uh, like officially they call family room, but it's also kind of uh, a room for the people who are not kind of uh, willing to go anywhere nude. Yes, because of their um, own uh, thinking. But so these are kind of I think themes that go around like the culture and what we expect out of the sauna and how these uh, things evolve over time.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is nothing new to us. So in the UK, like any public, um, sauna, you have to wear a swimming costume. Um, and certainly there's a lot of like fear, particularly of having young people in the sauna as well. So they'll often say, um, no children under 16 and things like that. Um, but I mean, that's, uh, that's a different issue entirely. Um, I think that's more uh, a case of UK health and safety law combined with sort of um, these kind of places having an association with um, um, a place for adults to spend time. So not really wanting to invite children in, um, but that has left a culture of... Uh, people associating the sauna as somewhere that's
1: dangerous for children. Which, um, if you yeah, spend any it's time in Finland, it's, uh, yeah, n- it's not it's, true. It's, it's very uh, different. Uh, I think same things like uh, like in Germany, it's small most like adults only. Yeah. Whereas uh, I've just last week, I was uh, my son is soon turning two years, and he was uh, with me in a sauna, and he was very uh, keen on. Pouring as much as water on the stove <laughs> as he can. Um, he, his favorite hobby at the time being. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, you, there's a lot of th- this kind of cultural things that you need to take into consideration uh, in creating a space that mm. kind of allows for a different kind of culture to yeah. emerge. And so practice.
0: that's all covered in your book, which is coming out. Mm. I know you said you wouldn't make any promises, but hopefully this year... Um, well
1: i i'd say if if we are uh lucky and realistic, I think we could uh, see an English edition of the book uh, coming up uh, in about a year okay, great, but there's still some work to be done on that regard we now I'm kind of now very much looking forward to have the finished version of the yep. secret of the finished sound design coming up uh, just before midsummer fantastic, fantastic.
2: Yeah. and and tell me you've you've spent you've obviously dedicated a lot of time uh trying to discover the secret to finished sound design. Uh, do you feel like you know? We spoke at the start, start with um, the the sauna that you you had in your summer cottage, uh, and uh, renovating that. Did you find the secret to sauna design, or are you kind of got this Sisyphus complex where it's just uh, it's the holy <laughs> a never grail. ending well, pursuit. It's all about the journey and not about the destination. Well,
1: yeah, I definitely would would like to uh, build another sauna. <laughs> But I'd say that I've found a lot of things on the way. For instance, I've discovered why the old sauna was such bad uh, instance of sauna, and I actually managed to improve that. Yeah. Although I'm st- uh, I'm still not using it that anymore. But um, yeah, I think there are there are it's like pr- uh, plural things. So there are actually several secrets, and as I've been explaining here, it's kind of a complicated combination of different kind of solutions that must go together. Uh, Nicely, And there's no kind of single way to achieve the perfect Finnish sauna experiences. Um, But instead, whenever you're building one, you have to take into consideration quite a big number of variables and then make your choice on that.
0: So uh, before we we, um, uh, finish up here, is there a particular public sauna in Finland that you really love? That's, you know, next time we're in
1: Finland that we should try out? Well, I mean, there are a lot of very nice public saunas in Helsinki area, but I think I would uh, recommend anyone who uh, comes to visit Helsinki uh, in the greater Helsinki area at Vanta City, you'll find um, uh, around 30 minutes from downtown Helsinki, the Kuusijärvi site, which has the original uh, smoke saunas uh, for public use. It opens up in the afternoon and um, it's... Pretty unique. I don't think you can find that kind of uh, thing anywhere else in the world. So no, I definitely go there.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for coming on to our, our inaugural podcast, um, Al. It's been a real pleasure having you here. Um, and to those of you listening, um, if you speak Finnish, um, then definitely pounce on his book when it comes out later this year. And if you speak English like us, you're just going to just wait just a have year. to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Be patient. Remember to uh, like, subscribe, press the little bell button if you're um, listening to this on on YouTube, um, so that you can keep up to date with all our podcasts as they come out. We've got a great lineup of, of amazing guests coming up. And, uh, once again, thank you so much for your time, Al.
2: Great to meet you. Thanks guys. It was a pleasure. Cheers. Thank you.